Hi, welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. Here we go. Psalm 139, verse 13, and it says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I feel like the men are fearfully made and the women are wonderfully made. (laughs) It says, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We'll read on in a second, but Psalm 139 was written by David. You ever heard of David? David was the young man who fought Goliath and won with a sling and a stone. He became the second king of Israel, wrote many of the Psalms. God called him a man after his own heart. Well, he wrote Psalm 139, and, and I don't mean to be offensive. If, if you uh, do think I'm offensive, you could send all your emails. Uh, where should we send them to? To Temi at <laughs> destiny.wewon'trespond. But uh, you, you just know Psalm 30, 139 was written by a man. And I don't mean to be offensive, but you know, sometimes women, you're, you're a little hard on yourself. You'll look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my hair's not right. And oh, what's this going on? Or whatever it may be. A man could have just woken up. Breath stinking, hair crooked. I mean, look, a hot mess. And he'll look in the mirror like, oh, I am fearfully. And wonder, oh, the wonders of the Lord, I know them for. For some reason, I think that David was looking in the mirror as he was penning this. He's like, mighty are your works. Oh, God. Oh, oh, God. You formed in fashion. <laughs> Verse 15 says this, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass. Pause. Politics don't get to determine when life begins. It was already determined in scripture. God says, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, you had a destiny. You had a purpose that he penned out every day of your life. Verse 17, how precious are my thoughts or or precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. He's not just a great God, but he has great plans in store for you. Let's pray. Father God, we declare what a mighty God. God, what a mighty God you are. You are a God that speaks, that moves, that opens doors, that covers, that protects, that heals, that that, that encourages. God, you are all that we need and more. God, we're just overwhelmed. The, The idea that out of billions of people, God, you know each and every one of us. You have a plan and a purpose and a destiny for our lives. So in this moment, God, speak to us. God, we're already making the decision that when you speak, we will obey. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Somebody shout amen in this place. 
I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series called If Life Was a Movie. And if you're new to Destiny Church, maybe this is your first time or you've been coming for a few weeks, what we'll do is we'll take one idea, one thought, one topic, and we'll break it up over a number of weeks. One reason for that is so that I don't preach three hours long. I, If I had my way, church would be about four hours long. Three of it would be preaching. Somebody say, don't say amen to that. That's <laughs> But the other kind of mindset is this. I really think the quality of a message can only be determined kind of on Monday. Like, it's great to be inspired, to be encouraged, but I need something practical that I can apply to my life on Monday that is going to take me one step closer to who God has called me to be. So I encourage you, even as you come each week, just look for God. What's that one thing that you want me to apply to my life? And I'll give you good news and a bad news. Good news is this. In about three months, you're going to look up and you're not even going to recognize yourself. If you would apply one thing a week, God will completely transform who you are. The bad news is if you look up three weeks from now, you might just be the exact same person you are right now. So give us some time. He's doing a great work in you. But here's the mindset or the thought behind if life were a movie. You ever been watching maybe a TV show or a movie or something like that? And at the beginning or at the end, there's just this quick blip that says, based on a true True story. You've seen that. It's like this movie, maybe not all of it, but most of it was based on somebody's real life. And then the movie goes on to blow up the entire world. The guy's girlfriend dumps him and turns out to be a double spy or whatever it may be. And you're like watching this like, whose life is this? This person's life is jacked up. <laughs> the reality is real life is more intriguing than fiction. Matter of fact, fiction takes its idea from real life. If some of you were to tell your story, your story would be a blockbuster movie. Now, some of us, our lives are not that entertaining. It'd be like straight to Netflix or straight to Hulu or whatever it may be. But there's just this like imagery, this analogy between movies and real life. Now, I get it. They're not the same. And they have drastically different purposes. Let me give you some of the difference. For example, the main purpose of a movie is for entertainment. It's to intrigue people and to entertain people, maybe to waste some time to get your mind off of problems. Hey, how many people know that our life is not designed for entertainment? Now, some people think that their lifelong calling is to entertain other people. That's not why God made us. We're not made for entertainment. We are made for impact. Come on now. God has made us to make a difference here on earth. If you have a great movie, oftentimes fame and accolades come from that movie. People begin to hail the actors and talk about how great it is. If you do life the way God's designed it to be, fame may come. Accolades may come. But how many people know that's not the main goal? The main goal is not fame and accolades. The main goal is significance and approval from creator God. We're trying to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant from God, not people around us being impressed with us. And I, I was just thinking about this whole fame and accolades versus significance and approval from God. I find that fame and accolades come quickly and they fade just as fast. Significance may take a little bit of time to build, but it lasts for an eternity. I mean, just think about it. Think about the greatest rappers or music artists or actors or whatever it may be that were 10 years ago. Most people aren't talking about them right now. Their fame was, boom, there's very few people that their fame will last longer than a decade. 
But you think about some of the most significant people in society, the MLKs or the Lincolns or the different people, many of them, we didn't even realize their significance until after they passed away. And here it is hundreds of years later and we're still reading their works and still talking about them. It may take a little bit of time, but significance and approval from God is what we're really seeking. Another main purpose for a movie is to make money. Matter of fact, I think making money is more important than making a good movie to them. Because there's movies that make a lot of money and they're just not good movies. I mean, how fast and furious can we be? We've, <laughs> it's like Fast and Furious 14 at this point. We get it. You race cars, you drive down cliffs, you flip them, you save the world. We get the point. I, don't, I think The Rock knows they're not good movies. And I don't think he cares because he is just cashing checks and living his best life. Now, here's the thing. If you live a life under God, money will come. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, and never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging for bread. God will provide for you, but that is not the main goal. The main goal is to make a difference. So those are the areas that it's different, but here's what I find. There's a lot of similarities I was thinking about it, what makes a great movie? Because a lot of the things that make a great movie also make a great life. I think when you have a great movie, the first thing that comes is you gotta have a great script. Like it has to be a great storyline, it has to be a great plot. I don't care if you have Denzel, Brad Pitt, whoever your favorite actor is, if it's not a great script, they can't save it. Not only do you need a great script, you need a great producer, you need somebody that's actually managing what's going on in that movie. You need a great lead actor. Somebody say, that's me. You, you just need that person that is gonna actually be able to dominate that role. But how many people, you ever seen a movie with a great lead actor and the supporting actors around them are trash? You're just like, what did, and this is what you say, what did that person end up, how did they end up in a movie so bad? I feel like sometimes God is looking at the supporting actors around our life and is saying, what are you doing around those people? Those are not the people that I've created you to be around that are going to bring the fullness out. Oh, he's preaching already. I just have a random question and then we'll jump into this. If your life were a movie, who would you want to play you? Who, who would you pick? Who would be that person that they get the distinct honor of depicting you to the world? Some people say that, that I look like Chris Rock, and uh, I think that's really offensive. I, I, I get really offended. I think Chris Rock is ugly. I think I am better looking. And uh, they say, you look like Chris Rock, and I usually respond your mother, but uh, that's not very godly. So who, I was thinking, like, who would I let uh, have the honor of, of depicting me? And, and I came up with something. I, I said, probably, if anybody, it'd be like Michael B. Jordan. You know? <laughs> Why are you laughing? You, you, you must be thinking what I think, that he could do it, he would just have to bulk up a little bit. He's a little small, and he's, you guys are laughing at all. You're laughing really too hard. But what I want to do today is I want to preach a message called Stick to the Script. Stick to the Script. And before we get to the producer, the supporting actors, the lead actor, the editing, oh man, I can't wait for week three. We're going to talk about how some stuff may not go well in live taping, but you can fix it in post-production. You may go through some circumstances in your life that you wish you had and that are regrettable, but it's not over till it's over. He makes all things. But that's three weeks from now. It's not today. What I want to talk to you about is what script are you living your life according to? 
Whose guidelines are you living according to? Obviously, we know the right answer is I should be living according to God's script. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. We just read in Psalm 139, he says, I have written out the days of your life even before you've lived one. God has a great plan for our lives. Somebody say amen. The only problem is your mama <laughs> has a plan. Like, are you talking about my mama? You gonna finish that sentence? I'm getting there. Has a plan for your life as well. It may not be your mother, it may be your father, it may be siblings, it may be influential people in your life, but other people have an idea of how you should live your life. You, you ever had people try to tell you how to spend your money? Oh, you should, you should buy a house. So you should get this. You know what you should do? You should make your own money and spend your own money and leave my life alone. They want to tell you how to manage what's in your hand. We don't just have God's script and people's script. We also have our own script. We have our own thoughts, our own plans, our own visions for how we want to interact with people, how we want to engage. And, and I'll tell you just simply, you got to pick a script. That literally there's three different scripts and they're sometimes in competition. And if you don't pick, this is going to be the script of my life. You're going to end up producing a pretty convoluted and conflicting life. So what I'm going to do is i just give you just three quick thoughts of, of how do I analyze the different options or the different scripts that I have in my life. If you love Jesus, can, can you take notes? It just, it just makes me so feel so good when you take notes in church. And if you don't love Jesus, um, you really need to take notes. <laughs> Write this down. My, my script is, is too small. My script is uh, too small. I was doing a lot of research for this message, and I was reading from the apostle Frank Sinatra, and he said this. <laughs> He said, I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway and more and much more. I did it. I did it my way. At least he was bold enough to say, I'll tell you whose script I'm living according to. I'm living it my way. I find most of us, I'll say it this way. All of us fall into this category at some point in our life. Most of us are doing our lives our way more than we would like to admit. One of the things, and, and I think even as believers, we would say, no, 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 I'm living for God. I'm not, I'm not living under myself. I'm living for God. But I've found our definition of living for God is more like just avoiding sin. When, when we say we're living for God, what we're saying is I'm not cussing out my grandma, I'm not drinking and smoking and living ratchet or whatever it may be. I'm avoiding ungodly things. And, and here's what I think. Obviously, holiness is important. Somebody say amen. But, but I, I think about, you know, like a thermometer or a scale or whatever it may be where you have, you know, 12 degrees, 15 degrees or whatever. Then you have negative 5, negative 10 or whatever it may be. I think living holy unto God gets you up to zero. The, the Bible says it this way, it's your reasonable act of worship. Like, 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 that's what you should be doing. That's where there's no brownie points for giving your life back to God when it belonged to him in the first place. And living for God is not a decision between right and wrong, good and bad, evil and not. Living for God is a, de a decision between destiny and safety. Letting God make the decisions in my life or I'm, you, you know, sometimes, I was just about to say disobeying God is not sin, but uh, yeah, it probably is. But sometimes going opposite to God is not what most people would consider to be ungodly. Let, let, let me ask you this. How ungodly 
is not sharing Christ with a coworker when the Holy Spirit lays that on your heart. We, we wouldn't put that in the category of some of the most ratchet things that you do. But the reality is it's a moment where I went with my script instead of the script that God had for me. Okay, can I give you some clues? You guys okay? Can I give you some clues? And I'll, I'll say we and that'll make us all feel better. Of when we decide to go with our script instead of God's script. When we make decisions based on how we feel. This feels safe. This feels under my control. I feel like I have what it takes. I feel like it's within my grasp. When we're making decisions based on how we feel, we're pretty much guaranteed that we're doing things our way and not God's way. Another indication is when we make our decisions based on what we can see, how we can see things working out. You ever heard said this? I can't see myself. Fill in the blank. I, I just can't see it. You know what it means when you can't see something? It means you can't see something. That's about all it means. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It doesn't mean that it's God's plan or it's not. All it means is you can't see it. But here's the deal. The Bible says we live by faith and not by If I can't see it, it really just means I can't see it. But if I go based on my sight, I'm going based on my own script and not on the script that God has for me. I find another way that we live lives our own way is when we, we, we have what I call inner vows. It sounds really spiritual, right? Let me, let me just give it to you this way. When you look at something and you say, I will never end up like, come on now, you may look at somebody's marriage or, or, or their business or their career or their ministry or whatever, and you make this, I'm never going to end. And without even realizing it, the trajectory of your life is dictated by your fears, of what you don't want to end up as instead of the script or the plan or the destiny that God has for you. I'd like to say it this way as we were talking about David. David was a guy that I think initially played it safe. Now, by the end of his life, he had killed giants. He had become a king. He was a man after God's own heart. But when we find David in scripture, he was back with some sheep just minding his business and I think he was kind of happy and, and kind of comfortable there. He had all of his sheep name. He was like on Dancer and Prancer and Blitzen. No, those are the wrong sheep. I'm sorry. But he was just back minding his business. He was playing his harp. He was writing his psalms and his poems. And, and he was happy as a, it was his safe zone. And, and I think if, if God had not sent somebody to pull David out of his comfort place, he may have been there to the day that he died. I, I, I was just thinking this. If you think about the dreams that David would have had in his life, the Bible said in Israel that God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Somebody say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These were, I mean, these were the patriarchs. They were the greatest of Israel. They were probably everybody who anybody wanted to be like. Somebody say Abraham, shepherd. Isaac was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Everybody that they idolized were, none of them were kings. Come on now. Israel only had one king and it wasn't going well. God put him in and regretted the day that he put him in and was getting ready to take him out. David was probably like, here's how I'm going to make it great by being a shepherd because that's what all the patriarchs did. This is, the, this is what I can see. This is what makes sense to me. But just because it makes sense doesn't mean it's God's script for your life. 
Matter of fact, I'll say it this way. If it makes sense, you can understand it and wrap your mind around it. It's probably not God. In Isaiah 55 verse 8, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I, I like to say it this way. If God was a rapper, he'd say it like this. You will never, ever, 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 ever be on my level. What? <laughs> He's saying, listen, watch this. If you live life your way, it may not necessarily be bad. It'll just be smaller than God ever intended it to be. It's safe. Yeah, it's insignificant. I'm in control. Yes, and that's why you're not going to have the impact that he designed you to have. I find sometimes we look at celebrities, maybe in the entertainment or music or politics or business or whatever it may be, and we're super impressed with what they've accomplished. And don't judge me, what they've accomplished is impressive. But it's impressive compared to other people, not necessarily compared to what God placed inside of them. Anybody who did great things but did not have a relationship with God, they still underachieved. Oh, pastor, if that's what underachieving look like, I'd love to be an underachiever. No, 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 no. They're great compared to. But imagine if they stand before God and God's like, you're up here so soon? You only accomplished 10% of what I placed inside of you. There was so much more that I had for you. Here's the thing. You can never unlock everything that's in you without tapping into the one that placed it there in the first place. If you live life according to your feelings and your comfort and your script, you're going to miss out on all that God's placed inside of you. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. He said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Let me pause. Paul was one of the most educated people on the planet. The Bible says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. In order to make that rank, he would have had to memorize the first five books of the Bible in their totality before he was 13. Y'all, I'm 30. <laughs> and I don't have one whole book of the Bible memorized. This guy was a genius, had the acclaim and the attention of everybody. And Paul said, no, no, no. I don't think what I've attained is to be perfection, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold. Here's what he was saying. There's a reason Jesus died on the cross for me, and I'm going to continue to press, and I'm not going to become impressed with what I've accomplished until I take hold of the reason why God took hold of me. If I live life by my own script, it's going to end up being a small life. The second thing is this. I can live life by my script, or I can live life by their script, but their script is unfulfilling. Mine's going to be small, but theirs is not going to bring any type of satisfaction or fulfillment. The truth be told, we all have influence in our life. Many psychologists believe that, that, that the average person, the trajectory of their life, what they accomplish is pretty much identical to what the, most, the five most influential people in their life said they'll become. That literally, you ever heard the, the verse that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he? Oftentimes, the thoughts that we have about ourselves are not what God says about us, 
but what the people around us say about us. And we hold their opinion and their, 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 their direction and their vision for our lives so valuable that we end up living up to their expectations instead of God's expectations. So here is David, he's out in the field, he's, he's minding his business, he's comfortable, and his father comes and he says, I need you to go back to the, to the line where the battle is going on. All of David's brothers were in the army, and, and he said, go take some food to your brothers, check in on them and see how they were. His father pulled him out of his comfort zone. But when David got to the battle line and he heard Goliath cursing God and saying, who's going to come and fight me? David's like, I can take this guy. They're like, oh, you're just a little boy. Get out of here. They didn't see it in him. Imagine if David made his decisions based on what other people saw his capabilities to do. They said, oh, this is a place for warriors. This is not a place for shepherds. The Bible says this, man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the inside. So people will tell you what they think your future will be based on what they can see about you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, but as it's written, I has not. Don't you just love when God's word just perfect? Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. They looked at David and they said, I can't see it in you. And you know what that means? It just means they couldn't see it. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. It doesn't mean that God didn't have a great plan. It just means that those people couldn't see it. They looked and said, no, 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 you're just a shepherd. You don't belong on the battlefield. He went to his brothers and his brothers, oh, you've just come to, to bring a bad report to dad. You've just come to tell him, this is no place for a shepherd. This is a place for a warrior. David had the tenacity to push through other people's opinion to step into all that God had called him. Y'all having fun? If you need everybody to agree with you, you'll never do anything great for God. Most times, most people are late adopters. What does that mean? Afterwards. <laughs> After it worked out and you came out without a scratch. After you took a step of faith and God moved supernatural. I, I, I always saw it in you. No, you did not. You didn't see anything. No, no, no. If you need everybody to cheer you on, if your external motivators are the main direction in your life, you're never going to do something great for God because God will make sure that his voice is the only voice that you respond to. I've even noticed this way, that God will keep people around me from encouraging me until I don't need it. He said, I can send it when you don't need it, but it's dangerous if you need it because if you need it, it becomes your God instead of me. Man, so God, why, why can't I have somebody to have my back to encourage me to be there for me? And God says, I'll bring people to be there for you as soon as you don't need them. Because if you get them when you need them, they'll replace me. But when I have you in a position where I'm the only one that you can rely on, when they come, they'll be exactly what they were meant to be, supporters and not people who define who you are. Here's the problem. If I live life according to my own script, I'll be happy and fulfilled. I just won't be significant. I, I, I won't make the impact or the progress or the effectiveness that God created me to be. And here's what always happens. I'll end up bitter. Because I'm doing something I enjoy, but I'm not doing something I'm any good at. 
And, and you get upset because other people are going to be praised and affirmed for what you wish you were praised and affirmed for. It's just not that, well, that's not what God made you for. If, if I do life based on what other people think of me, I'll be effective, but I'll be empty and unfulfilled. Because people are going to determine where they think you should go based on what they see in you. Oh, 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 you have a big mouth. You should be a pastor. <laughs> How did you get to that? <laughs> oh, you're, you're this. Oh, you're that. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Oh, says who? Just because it's what you see and you end up doing it, maybe because you can. But you'll end up burnt out where you're serving the needs and the desires of other people, but you're not actually walking in who God called you to be. David ignored all these people and they brought him to King Saul and, and he said, hey, I'm a shepherd, but God is on my side and I am pretty sure I can whoop this Philistine. Saul looked at him and I don't know what Saul was thinking, but I think I know what he was thinking. I think Saul was thinking, well, better you than me. If somebody's going to die, I prefer it to be the shepherd than me. So at least it doesn't look like I set him up. Put on my armor. And he began to put his sword and, and his shield and, and his breastplate on, on David. And David said, no, 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 no. If I'm going to step into who God's called me to be, I got to go in as me. I have to go in with what I'm comfortable for. I'm not going to try to live up to your expectations or even cultural norms. He said, I'm going to go, but if I'm going to go, I'm going to go as me. You've heard it said over and over and over and over again. God can't bless who you pretend to be. God can't bless who, who, who you pretend to be. He can't anoint, he can't empower who you pretend to be. But if you say, hey, it, remember that old song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. If we would just be comfortable enough to say, man, God, I may not be super impressive. I, I, I may not have what people think I need to have, but God, it's me. I'm available and I'm yours. It will blow your mind what he is able to do through you. I remember I, 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 was, I was in college at the best college in, in the world, University of Maryland, Co College Park, uh, Fear the Turtle. <sighs> you don't understand how terrifying a turtle is. <laughs> but I remember it was just one of those seasons where I was in school. I was driving up the church every weekend. I was a youth pastor and serving on Saturday prayer and all this other kind of stuff. And when, I'm not saying nobody was driving to their church on the weekends, but I didn't know of anybody. Everybody else was elbowing and networking and trying to get this internship and that. I remember just saying, God, man, it's like everybody else is living for them and they're making progress. And God, I feel like I'm living for you, but I feel like I'm getting left further and further behind. And I remember, and <laughs> hopefully you don't use respect for me, but I, I, wrote, I wrote a letter to God in my journal, and, uh, in my revelation book, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I remember writing down, God, I may, may not be the brightest, and not, may not be the most talented, I may not be the most gifted or the articulate. And by the end of the letter, it's like, well, who would want that guy? <laughs> I said, God, I'm available. God, if you can use me, I'm available. You know, sometimes we count ourselves out based on other people's opinion of us. Oh, you're just a shepherd. Oh, you're the youngest. Oh, oh, you don't have a degree. Your resume doesn't line up or what. No, 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 no. God, I'm available. And you said no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what you have in store. So God, if you want to do something great through my life, even if they don't see it in me, God, have your way. And watch him do something that shocks everybody around you.
The last thing is this. You can write this down. So the first thing is this. My script is too small. Their script is unfulfilling. And his script exceeds expectations. If we make a decision to live our life according to God's scripts, I promise you, he will blow your mind. He will exceed your greatest expectation. I think sometimes I um I kind of I kind of you, you know you just want sympathy sometimes. You, you just want people to feel bad for you. I think sometimes as a pastor, I want people to feel bad for me. Like, man, if you only knew how hard it was to be a pastor, man, it's, it's, it's like no sympathy whatsoever. I mean, everybody's just like, so? Walk in your calling. I mean. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, and then I don't take on a lot of pressure because I know it's the Holy Spirit's job to transform people's lives. Somebody say amen. But, but you, you got to understand, every Sunday a pastor, they'll get up and they'll preach something that they know makes no common sense. Like you have to understand, everything in this book is opposite to natural intuition. Common sense says if you wanna move forward in your life, in your career, find important people, find favor with them, get them to open doors for you, put your, promote yourself. God's word says if you want to be exalted, humble yourself and become the servant of all, and God will promote you. And if you promote yourself, that God will, that's difficult to do when everybody is doing the opposite. The word of God says if you want more, give away more. Because those who water others, they themselves will be watered. The generous man is never lacking. Common sense says if I want more, step one, keep what I got can what I got and sit on the can. This is completely opposite to our natural intuition. And here's the thing, God's script usually looks opposite to what we want to accomplish in life. For example, Jesus, do you want to be the king of the world? Yes, I'd love to be the king of the world. Great, go to the cross. Come on now. The cross does not look like the highway to greatness. It doesn't look like the trajectory to becoming the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But God's word said, because you went my way, I'm giving you a name that is above every name. And at your name, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Here's the problem with God's script. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like the fastest way to get to where I want to go. God's way doesn't look like the fastest way to get in a relationship. Uh-oh. 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 Can I give you a real fast way to get in a relationship? have no standards oh did he just say that yeah he just said that come on now yeah i'm lonely oh we can solve that in about a second i can fix that problem and it'll be over just as fast as it started his way is not the fastest way but it's the way that gets you to a life that everybody else dreamed of his way doesn't even look like the most significant way. One, one of the problems is we think that all God wants for us is to use us. Can I explain? All God wants is to use you. <laughs> but not use you and to manipulate you, but to use you to fulfill everything that fulfills the desires of your heart. The Bible says, skip to the next one. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says this, Delight yourself also in the Lord, 
and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. All good movies have one thing in common. I don't care if it's a romantic movie. I don't care if it's a spy movie or what. All good movies have one thing in common. You didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? That movie where three minutes in, y'all, oh, that ain't going to work out. She's going to leave him and go with it. I can see that coming. Any movie, you can play it out in the first. It's not an entertain. The entertaining part is, oh, I did. They were a double spy. They were there the whole time. Oh, they're. <laughs> Come on now. Every good life. Come on, every good life, God puts in something that you didn't see coming. You couldn't have predicted it. You couldn't have made it up. You couldn't have planned it. And you have to make a decision. Am I going to go with what I can see? Am I going to go with what they approve of? Am I going to go with what's comfortable? Or am I going to trust that as I delight myself in the Lord, he's going to make it happen. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. Nine years ago was when I was ordained as pastor of this church. I was 23 at the time. And there wasn't a lot of 23-year-olds who were pastoring churches at the time. And, and I remember I had a lot of friends and they meant well, but, but they were scared for me. You ever had people that they were just terrible? You gonna start that business? You sure? Yeah, I mean, I had a business one time. It was, it was yeah, 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 let's go for this. And they would say, make sure you make the right decisions. I'm like, man, thank you. I was planning on making the wrong decision, but just because you said, I really, I really appreciate that. Man, make, make sure you stay humble. I appreciate that. You know, I was just going to be prideful tomorrow. But just because you said that, they were, just, they were just nervous for me. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I was never nervous. Or I always thought I have it under control or whatever. But I remember something happened in my ordination that, hear me, has defined my life. And I'm praying that it would define yours. Standing there, and one of the overseers, he, he, he turned to this verse in 1 Thessalonians, and here's what it says. It says, the God who called you, he is faithful, and he will do it. And then he says, Stephen, this church is not up to you. It's up to the God who called you and he will do it. Maybe you're not a pastor. Maybe you're just a parent of a newborn. You're looking at that child and you're just like, boy, this is a whole human. I can jack this kid up. If this kid becomes a serial killer, it is my fault. You know, it's different from having like your friend's kids or nieces or nephew. Like you give them sugar and you send them back. You're just, oh. Listen, the one who called you, he is faithful and he will do. Come on, brother. You've been dating that girl for like 14 months now. You know she's the one. You have the money in your account to buy that ring, but you're petrified because, could, could I be a good husband? Could we have a great marriage? Hear me. The one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. Maybe you're, 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 you see an opportunity for a promotion at work or, or to start a business or to go after a new client list or whatever it may be, and you're beginning to doubt your own ability. Do I have what it takes? Am I biting off more than a chew? Am, am I getting in over my head? Hear me. The one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. God says, here's the great thing about my script. My script is not left up to you. My script is not based on your ability. My script is on what you would allow me to do through 
you. I'm telling you, living life according to God's plan for your life, let me just tell you right now, it's scary. Because you're going to find yourself in some positions and making some decisions that people around you are not making. I'll tell you something honestly. Sometimes it's lonely. Because people around you are not fully going to understand why you're heading in the direction you're heading. But I'll tell you this, it's better than you think it is. And you will find yourself in a position that's beyond anything that you can imagine. Can we pray? Father God, we're grateful, we're thankful. God, it blows our mind that, God, that you wrote out every detail of our lives. You have a plan and a purpose. Even, even the negative things, God, that you didn't, you didn't ordain, God, you're still working them out for our good. God, we're grateful. Right where you are with your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you could pray this prayer with me, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment to make this time, to make this message personal to you. I feel like for all of us, there's an area in our life where we're playing it safe. And God is saying, it's time to get out of your comfort zone. I have more for you. Maybe for some of us, the opinion of other people have us paralyzed. And God is saying, it's time to live for my approval and not theirs. Maybe you're in here and for the first time ever you realize, I'm doing life without God. Like I believe in him, but truth be told, he doesn't have any input. He doesn't have any say or any authority in the decisions that I make. Well, the bad news is the Bible says that you're not a follower of God. That if you were to pass away, that your eternity would be separated from him. The good news is that in this moment, God is just waiting for you to give him access to your life. If you're in here, you say, Pastor, I can't say that Christ is the center of my life. It's not that my life is bad. It's just I know there could be so much more. And you can invite him into your life in this moment. If that's you, right where you're sitting or watching online, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for knowing me. Thank you for having a plan for me. Thank you for dying on the cross so that all of my sin, all of my mistakes can be erased. Today, I surrender. I give you control of my life. Use my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate for every single person that... That's a golf clap. Can you act like people just made the greatest decision ever? Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.